Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. I'm Carlos. Here with me is Matt Hubertson. Howdy. And Grapes. Good afternoon. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod. This is our basketball episode recapping everything that's happened in the Pac-12. We are going to talk about the the selection show just wrapped up, and so we know where the Pac-12 teams are going to go. There are only three, Colorado, Got Hose, and we can talk a little bit about that, but if you're looking for that information right up front, just so you know, uh, Arizona did get the number one seed. Uh, they got that in the South. They'll play the winner of Wright and Bryant State. Uh, or did I get that mixed up? Wright State, Wright State. and Bryant? <laughs> um, truck stops. Who cares? Major truck stops. Uh, UCLA got a four seed in the East. Sorry, this thing is always so big to navigate. Uh, UCLA got a four seed in the East. Their first round opponent will be Akron, um, the 13 seed. And then USC got the seventh seed all the way out in the Midwest. They are going to play Miami, the 10th seed. We'll talk about that. So let's hold our thoughts on the tournament and the bracket. Uh, just thought we'd share that with you up front. Let's start with talking about what happened as we record this last night uh, between UCLA and Arizona. A big reason that Arizona solidified themselves as the one seed and UCLA solidified them as a, themselves as a four seed is UCLA-Arizona played for the Pac-12 championship last night in the tournament final. And Arizona won. Arizona won by a score of 84-76. to This was a hell of a game, I think. A close game throughout. I think you had moments where UCLA was up 12. Arizona battled back uh, to go on a huge run. I think it was 25-2 to run at some point um, to get up on UCLA. UCLA was never able to recover. Um, this game, I, Matthew Hubertson, as someone who is, you know, uh, uh, an expert in name only and maybe a bit of a pactual casual, did you, uh, <laughs> did you, uh, did you enjoy this game? Did you find it fun? What did you think of? Oh, really rude. <laughs> it was good. I, um, <clears throat> we kind of talked about how much, like, we were like, oh shit, like Pac-12 tournament is kind of a big deal in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> like, that the environment was incredible. Um, Arizona definitely packed that house and, um, good. I I think that you could very much so feel that in some of the runs that Arizona was going on, even when it was just a little like two shot run or something like it, that felt like a big, big time environment. It was really, really cool to see, especially with, uh, some of the not so big time environments that we've seen throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, it's a little like, um, Having the Pac-12 basketball tournament in Las Vegas, I think it moved there in like 2011. Um, having it there has done a lot of things for the Pac-12 that I think moving the the, the Pac-12 football championship game to Las Vegas has done. And it's also advantaged some teams in very particular ways like that normally they wouldn't. Like Utah is actually very advantaged by having the Pac-12 football championship game in Las Vegas because their fans perceive that to be a closer trip. They're willing to travel to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is fairly easy to get to, and they have a lot of people who are willing to do it. Um, And the same thing with Arizona basketball fans. I think they're in that same boat in terms of just they're willing to make that trip. It's it's potentially closer for them than maybe fans, maybe UCLA fans. It's actually probably pretty close, um, almost similar. I was going to say, is it? I think it's pretty close. But, I mean, Arizona fans and Utah fans, are both. they both travel. They both care deeply about their teams. And Arizona didn't get a go last year. And Arizona didn't get to go last year. Um, and this is like our first year back with fans and all of that stuff. So definitely advantage them. That crowd was pro Arizona to the max. Uh, that was, it was, it was good. Um, it was definitely a bit of a road game for UCLA, but um, it was an awesome environment. The game, the first, I don't know, 1.25 or 0.75 or 0.66 parts of this game the first whatever that is the first two-thirds of this game were very entertaining super back and forth very tense um very frantic at times very just like contested it was it got chippy at some point um and then arizona or ucla pulled away first got up 12 it looked like i mean 
watching Arizona, I think if anyone's getting up 12 on Arizona, we're like, that lead's not safe. There's no way. Um, and Arizona did battle back and eventually took a, took a pretty, I wouldn't say commanding lead, but certainly took control of the game um, and finish it off 84 to 76. Um, yeah, I don't I, There's a lot to say about this game. There's so much to digest. I've had many, many thoughts and tweeted about them um, constantly at Equity Bruin, in case you're curious. <laughs> Um, but was there anything that you, that stuck out to you, Matt, anyone that like stuck out to you as being like, you know, especially as someone who's like, you know, is following this from, from a particular lens of being a little, maybe a little bit more distant. Like, would you say any, what did anyone stick out to you? You're like, Oh wow, that dude is fun to watch. I, I don't know if I've just not watched Ben Matherin enough. Um, I, my, my perception of him is that he gets out of control a lot. Um, and, and kind of not, not as much of a chucker as much as it just gets a little loose with the handle, um, a little loose with the shot selection. And part of that is just college basketball. And I was extremely impressed with how in control he was in this game. Um, and how much it just, it really felt like his, his handprints were all over this thing throughout the entire game, especially in the absence of Kirkrisa. So, um, that was really, really impressive. I also just, I, I we have this perception of Washington State as the longest team in the Pac-12 with the most seven footers, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit! <laughs> no, nope, yeah. it's Arizona. It's yeah. definitely Arizona. Um, they they were absolutely stifling defensively against what should be a, a fairly undefendable UCLA team. They have so many guys that can go one on one that they they should be able to get a shot when they wanted to, and they really really struggled to get a good shot. Yeah, it was. It, there was some really good um, defensive adjustments made by Tommy Lloyd, um, in particular recognizing that Jaime Jaquez was cooking for UCLA the past couple of weeks, particularly the past four games. They stuck Christian Coloco on Jaime Jaquez, and um, Jaime finished with a good 18 points, but off 6 for 17 shooting, um, 0 for 5 from 3. Uh, he just was and 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 had an uncharacteristic three turnover. He just like he, he, Christian Coloco stifled him. Um, I have many things to say about Arizona's bigs, which I think are the best in the country and the best part of this. But grapes, are you surprised that? Uh, I mean, first that Arizona beat UCLA, and then are you surprised that UCLA gave up a twelve point lead to Arizona? No, and no. I think it's been clear that Arizona's the best team in this conference and one of the best teams in the country. And it's kind of crazy to say, since Pac-12 voodoo is such a big deal in this conference, that Arizona was actually able to maintain like their spot as the best team and win the conference tournament. Um, no lead against Arizona is going to feel safe, just with their size. UCLA is not a small team, but compared to Arizona, they're not big. Like USC probably matches up the best against Arizona in size. So... I don't think any lead under 20 points is a comfortable lead against Arizona. They can they can just score so yeah. fast. Yeah. They're they do such a good job of running. They really do. Uh they they get out uh poke the ball out. I think UCLA did not did not commit a ton of turnovers. There was a stretch or two where they looked sloppy especially late and and looked like they may have been running out of gas or a little deflated. They only committed seven turnovers, which is of of very small amount like i have to say that's like seven turnovers is very good you should you shouldn't be worried if you're committing seven turnovers but it felt like the ones late counted towards more like it just it was just they were backbreaking turnovers for ucla and about their size arizona makes ucla look very small i mean ucla you know is not not big but they're not like huge at all by any means but Christian Coloco, Azulis Tabellas, Umar Balo, they're always playing. Arizona's always playing two of those three guys. And they make Miles Johnson, who's 6'10 and has like, I don't know, a 7'5 wingspan. They make him look tiny. They made him look really small this game. And they this game especially highlighted how well they move too. They're so athletic. Like Johnson looked so slow and out of shape. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because he had looked awesome up until this yeah, point. Yeah, the like last it few like... weeks, he's definitely looked like one of the best defenders on the court. Yeah, 
just with his length and the way that he was moving and moving, he didn't move quickly, but he was always well positioned. And certainly UCLA was still better with him out on the court. The other component of this game that really kind of hurt UCLA was Miles Johnson and Cody Riley both picked up four fouls with about 12 minutes left. So one away from getting fouled out each and they had, and UCLA had to go like large stretches. In fact, six minutes with their third center, Kenneth Nuba, who has gotten no time in a very, very, like we have not said his name. I have not said his name in a very long time. And he had to come in um, pretty cold off of not really getting much playing time over the past couple of weeks. If any, um, he had to come in and spell them. And, you know, predictably that didn't go well. UCLA was already kind of losing grip of their 12 point lead at that point. But it certainly accelerated things when Ken- Kenneth Nuba had to be out there, and no fault of his own. Like you know, it's you have what you're given, and and I think he kind of hurts them offensively just in terms of what he's able to do and and not do. Um, but you know, it was it was <laughs> it was bad. If you've got to have Kenneth Nuba out there for a st- six minute stretch where you're trying desperately to hang on to a lead, um, that's a really bad spot to be in. Um, so in the end, Miles Johnson and Cody Riley combined for 33 points, uh, 33 minutes, 33 minutes, four points for them, um, and six rebounds combined. They just could not get, they could not stay on the floor. There was a lot of, the refereeing was not great in this game. If you watch this game, very infuriating, but it wasn't infuriating. I don't think in favor of one team over the other. It was just like touch foul after touch foul after touch foul especially in that first half and I think it ended up being that UCLA got in trouble um and it ended up being that UCLA like just did not have the bigs to be able to keep up and and you desperately need those bigs to be out there if Arizona is going to be and if Arizona if you're going to try to challenge Arizona um so it it was a it was a tough spot to be in Arizona obviously had to deal with some of their own foul trouble with Justin Kyrie who was coming in for Kirk Risa, um, but he didn't, like, you know, what was... That's that's nowhere near as big of a deal as losing Miles Johnson and Cody Riley off the bat. Um, anyway, so that's that was um, a great game. Uh, it's a very sad one for UCLA fans because it felt like UCLA was going to be able to pull out of it. Um, I will say just about... Let's let's just talk about big picture and what we think, what this think, what uh, what we think this means for both of these teams and can start with UCLA. This kind of made me worried about UCLA, uh, that they have some limitations, like just physical limitations that might put a cap on their ceiling for what they can do. Um, they don't have guys. It's miles Johnson really. Who's a long guy, um, who can match up with some other very long athletic guys. And then that's it. Um, Jalen Clark is very athletic. The one a player who I think might should have probably gotten more time during those moments was Peyton Watson. He's another one who is super athletic, super long, but does play out of he does play out of control offensively. Like he he does. Um, he turns the ball over uh, far too much, I think, for the minutes that he plays. Um, but as a defender, as a guy who's going to give you uh, some length and athleticism, he's he probably should have gotten more playing time. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I, I don't really – anyway, all to say, UCLA has Peyton Watson and Miles Johnson as two, like, athletic guys or long guys who can kind of change the complexion against athletic or more talented teams. But outside of that, it's got to be really good team defense. UCLA had a stretch of like four minutes and like seven possessions where they just kind of had some lazy defense. And it was pretty pretty clear to me that like you UCLA can't afford that against a team like Arizona or Gonzaga. They just can't. They can afford it against almost any team in the country except for teams like Arizona and Gonzaga where they have a ton of length, a ton of playmakers, a ton of athleticism. Like it's just going to be hard. So... I don't know. I'm a little worried about them. We'll talk a little bit about what their path to the final four looks like this year, but it, it it's concerning. Um, luckily they don't have Arizona or Gonzaga in their bracket, well, so they won't have to play them. They do have Baylor. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, but I don't know any, any thoughts about, we'll start with UCLA and we'll go to Arizona next, but any thoughts about the cap that like what, what this did, did this, game mean anything outside of the context of this game did it make you think any differently about ucla and what they're capable of um 
team defense is a really big concern considering that Johnny Juzang is a really important player for UCLA and can be very frustrating when he's playing defense. So, I don't know. I think they can add out talent, like you said, a lot of the teams in the country, but they do have a few teams in their side of the bracket that I think could take advantage of their defense. I don't know. I always thought Arizona is going to have the longer run just because of their length and their talent, and UCLA has a bit of a lower ceiling than that. Yeah. It really does require them to have – their margin for error is just so much smaller than in Arizona or so much smaller than a Gonzaga or, you know, they, they have to play, they don't, they can't really afford to take off possessions. Um, and, and which is like, I don't like you, like in basketball, it's very hard to be locked in 99% of the time, right? Like it's a long game. It's 40 minutes. Like, it's just hard to be locked in that the entire time. And they had to be, and they weren't. Um, and so, you know, Arizona certainly wasn't locked in the entire time. They had some lapses late in the second half. They had a long lapse where UCLA was able to pull 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 away a little bit and get a 12-point lead. And they recovered from it because they just have guys that can run up and down. So let's move to Arizona and talk about the implications for them. Um, I think their ceiling is way higher. I mean, I thought their ceiling was really high coming into this game. Their ceiling feels like limitless right now. They uh, they look like the best team in the country right now. It's like their length and their shot making. Their depth is a little concerning still. Um, I thought that Adama Ball, Marbalo, Pella Larson all did really good coming, did really well coming off the bench, um, especially with Kirk Reese out. Uh, especially Adama Ball, like if if he's gonna come in and hit go two for two from three in spell for Kirk Reese, um. And, uh, you know, not not do much else. That's a that's a big win um, if your starting point guard is out. But really, it's like Christian Coloco, Julius Tabellis, and Umar Balo, the three of those, having two of those three guys out there on the court. And then having Ben Matherin, who's able to create his own shots and benefit a little bit from the gravity of uh, Christian Coloco, Julius Tabellis down low. And then having Dalen Terry, who had a couple of stretches here where he was hitting open shots. Like, this team... And creating his own shot. Like, he, he created a couple, too. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they have two guys who can create their own shots, two guys who could be a seven-footers who are extremely skilled at any point, at any time. Um, they can always have two of them. They're scary. They're, uh, like, they look like the best team in the country. I, I wish Greg were here because I could fight with him a little bit about Gonzaga. He's he's adamant that Gonzaga's bigs are better than Arizona's bigs. I think that's bullshit. I don't know. That's me. First-year coach is going to have a hard time making a run. Uh, that's true. No, that's true. That's uh, maybe that's a good point. Um, but I'm meaning for Gonzaga. Oh, I, see. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. I was like, okay. I was like, all right, Matt's making a good point. <laughs> I forget. I forget that we're on the uh, Tommy Lloyd was was the primary architect of Gonzaga basketball. Sole architect, please. <laughs> Sole architect. That's very important. Um, but I don't know. What did you all think? Let's start with Matthew Hubertson and go to and then go to Avery. Like what? I mean, looking at this team. Do you have a sense of what their ceiling is? Were you like super impressed with their length? I have felt this way for a while watching Arizona, and we don't like to root for injuries or say that injuries were a good thing for a particular team. I like the efficiency of having the ball in Ben Matherin and Dalen Terry's hands so much better than I like Kirk Risa going wild. I totally understand that he may go off for an 8 of 10 from 3 night. And I like I just I want those two dictating my offense. I mean, especially getting to the line, actually going through and involving a lot more offense throughout the entire team. I mean, you even look at just like the shooting spreads between these two teams in this game, how much more spread out, you know, the bigs for Arizona were getting shots. Or like I think that all but like eight shots were taken by four guys for Arizona. Or for UCLA. Like, it was all Johnny Juzang, Hawkeyes, Bernard, and Campbell. And I just, I I like what this Arizona team looks like when they don't have somebody that's just chucking from three. I, I really, really like that. And I think you're totally right, Carlos, where you say you can have two of those really, really elite def- rim defenders against a lot of these teams that you get to that second or third night where you're not deep. And where these teams are going to be tired and they, they're not going to be able to outshoot you. 
So defend the rim and then get yourself to the line. I I love how these matchups look from just a game to game standpoint for this Arizona team. Avery, I don't know. What do you what do you think about Arizona ceiling and and the talent that they have at their disposal and I don't know. Like what do you think about all that? Um I kind of agree with Matt that Kirk Carissa being out has forced them to like look for different ways to win besides Kirk Carissa just doing his thing, uh, boldly shooting with what feels like, I don't know, no issues. But I, I think Coloco and Tubelis got a, got a little bit of that white male. <laughs> <laughs> I think Tubelis and Coloco like yeah. are good enough that you let them do their thing. A, against 90% of the teams in the country, they're going to be able to dominate them like very surely and win. So I've always had like really high expectations for Arizona. So I'm not going to say I feel like their ceiling's higher than I did before because I've always seen them as this team with an extremely high ceiling. But like the last couple games, I was a little bit concerned when I watched them play against Stanford and then Colorado that losing Kirk Carissa would really mess up this team's stride but I feel like they've gotten into this way of playing that without Kerr they're fine and now I feel confident that they'll be able to like beat up on basically anyone it 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 just feels that way like what other what other team in the country can say that they have three seven footers who are playable and skilled um on their roster Omar Ballo is their least skilled of the three bigs that they have. He's coming off the bench, but like he's first of all, he's a fucking massive human being. And then second of all, like he has some moves. Like he's not uh he's not just out there as a body and kind of stuck in the mud. Um and that's who's coming off the bench for one of Christian Coloco or Julius Tubelis, who are both they're both amazing like, very players. Skilled. And they're, they're and they're players. very unique. They don't do the same thing. Like, Azulis Tabellis is a very talented offensive big that's kind of, like, very unique in our conference. And then you have Coloco, which is just – he's a beast on defense. It's its incredible that they're both so good. Yeah. They were killing UCLA and and other teams for a minute, killing UCLA on that high-low action where they've got Azulis Tubelis sort of – 15 feet out and Christian and Christian Coloco's fronted someone or kind of gets behind them and they just dump it down to him and, and, uh, and get a bucket inside. That's kind of what they were doing for the vast majority of this game. And then they started running like a pick and roll off of it with the fronting big man moving to the dunker spot. Like it was, it, it's really hard to defend yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and UCLA certainly doesn't, it's not what UCLA had to do was, um, what they ended up doing and one of their adjustments was they're just going to sell out to stop to stop that um, because they were getting easy buckets inside and then that left them susceptible to cutters, um, backdoor passes. It left them susceptible to Dale and Terry get a, getting a couple of open looks. It left them susceptible to having to <laughs> leave Ben Matherin one-on-one with like Jules Bernard who tried really hard in this game, but like, let's be honest, it's not the kind of guy that you want to be sticking on Ben Matherin, the Pac-12 player of the year. Um, and like a definite lottery pick, maybe top five pick in the NBA draft. Like that w- just a recipe for disaster. Like I, I, I think that Ben Matherin gets a lot of credit because he's an awesome player. He's their shot maker. He is their most talented player, but like Christian Coloco is fucking terror like he's like foundationally foundationally is the center of this team like he is getting passes inside um he's taking shots inside he's positioning himself really well offensively um to get inside looks or um he's setting screens and causing teams to kind of gravitate and make decisions about are you gonna try to take on this seven one guy who's extremely athletic very skilled down low or are you gonna like have to take on ben matherin and then defensively um, like just wrecks everything is really fucking hard to get through and ucla was trying um they were certainly doing a lot of really good and and had a couple of opportunities where they sort of like maybe had gotten in position but christian coloco was always around he ended up this game four blocks um, and it felt like every single one was when UCLA badly needed a bucket. Jaime Jaquez was trying to work some magic against Christian Coloco. And uh, Coloco shut that down. Um, or it was Johnny Juzang kind of 
um, trying to create something out of nothing and, and frequently did until he had to get to Christian Coloco, who blocked the shit out of him once or twice. So Coloco's just um, an incredible player. He's an incredible player to watch, um, specifically on defense, but also offensively has a lot of like just attracts a lot of attention because of his size, because of his touch around the rim. Um, oh, this this Arizona team is they're scary. Um, I am, I am as a as someone who watches UCLA as a UCLA fan. I am glad uh, that UCLA does not have to see Arizona any earlier than they have to in the tournament. Um, I, I like. I don't know. This game was just so definitive for me that like, yeah, Arizona is the better team this year. Now, whether that means they'll get it, they'll make it to the tournament, win the national championship, different story. But this is, uh, this was a fun game, but <laughs> Arizona clearly put their stamp on it. Um, that's what it felt like to me. And who knows, you know, it's, there are things UCLA could have done not to say that it was hopeless. They could have locked in better defensively. My Mick Cronin could have stuck in uh, Peyton Watson to see what he would have done. Um, maybe in place of Kenneth Nuba, roll him out there with Jalen Clark. Um, you know, there's a couple of things he could have done, but that's just at some point it's hard. You got to face the reality of like you're facing a team that can roll out three skilled seven footers. Um, one of which is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. The other of which is one of the best offensive players in the conference, if not the country, in Najulis Tabellis. And the other is like going to be a problem next season with Omar Balo um, and just his size and the things that he does. Like Omar Balo looks like uh, if anyone watched uh, Illinois games, like he looked and, and specifically the Arizona Illinois game. That's the only game I watched. He has the size of like a Kofi Coburn, just like a big, imposing dude. Um so yeah, any uh any other thoughts about uh these two teams and where they're going and uh, we'll talk and we'll hold off on the tournament stuff for now, but any thoughts about this game or these two teams? Sean Miller was the problem all along. Anybody that sw- anybody that sweats like that, like <laughs> we should have known. Man was nervous. Uh Tommy Lloyd out there looking, well, he was he was angry, but he was looking mostly calm and cool and collected. Um Tommy Lloyd the work that he did this year holy shit i mean like i think there's the there's the early season like implementing and installing an identity for arizona that's consistent um that is like yeah it's not just about having athletes but it's like we are going to run we're going to be very aggressive and sell out to create turnovers we're going to try to create as many possessions as we can for ourselves um and we're going to um you know get open looks base and just make this game frantic pick up the pace, pick up the tempo. It was that stuff early on. And then I think their season shifted dramatically and their identity, I wouldn't say shifted, but kind of got more refined and better um, with the second UCLA game when they kind of got pushed around in the first UCLA game in Poly Pavilion um, and were not taking a ton of, did not know or didn't care to try to exploit some of the advantages they had down low with Coloco and Tubelis and Balo. The second game in Poly Pavilion in uh, mid-February, they made a complete shift, and it was, we're going to just pound the fuck out of you inside. Like, we're going to send Christian Coloco, Azulis Tabellas, and Umar Balo. We're going to do everything we can to get them the ball inside. And that is going to, and you and you better defend it, You because if you don't, or if you just stick one of those guys there, you don't crowd them, you're going to get screwed. Um and that made them a more physical team. And that's what they've done ever since then. Like, that was a marker for them. Um, and they did it against UCLA last night. They did it against Colorado the night before. They did it against um, Arizona. Uh, sorry, not Arizona State. Stanford. Um, <laughs> uh, not Arizona State. <laughs> not definitely Arizona not Arizona State. State. But, like, they have become not just an up-tempo team, but a physical one, too. Like, that... Like from for Tommy Lloyd to make those adjustments and to incorporate that into his team's identity, that requires like that that's brilliance. Um, it's been a brilliant job for him. Like no no qualifications. Already looks like the best coach in the Pac-12, and this is this is coming from someone who I think I I think Mick Cronin is brilliant. But like what Tommy Lloyd has done here is going to be really fucking hard to contend with. Maybe for this season, maybe past this, and we'll see what the roster looks like. Maybe he may not have uh, skilled seven footers um, from all over the place uh, at all times, but like those growing trees, stop it. <laughs> for Arizona, they certainly do. It doesn't feel like this is his first year at Arizona. 
Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like Arizona had a postseason ban last season. Like it's it's fucking unreal. Like I cannot yeah. believe I, how many of these guys transferred in, and you're the most athletic physical team in the conference. Like that's not normal. That's something you build with for years. Yeah. At least that's what yeah. Oregon fans tell us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> really trying to not like shit on them today because. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. No. Arizona is back, and USC is back. I. Oregon's oh. yeah. Oregon is uh, yikes. Oregon's in a tough spot in terms of their program, but uh, but no, yeah, you're right. Um, to to be able to like take these pieces uh, and and just incorporate them and really just like day one, take the roster that he had plus incorporate you know Pella Larson, um, a transfer from Utah to incorporate um, wasn't wasn't uh, Justin Kair? Yeah, he was a transfer. He was a transfer from Georgia. Um, Umar Balo, one of his guys from Gonzaga. Like to to take all of those pieces and to immediately turn them and it wasn't just by the way like a slow burn like Oregon where it was like ooh they look kind of ugly in non conference who knows like from the jump from it was, the beginning they looked like they were one of the best teams in the country from the jump insane yeah. and and we were like oh yeah well they're not they're beating the shit out of like the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley like who cares but it's like no that's like that was a harbinger of things to come so. Awesome job from Tommy Lloyd. Fucking fantastic job. Like, I <laughs> saw it coming. It's going to be this. We've been new. This conference has um, has some really interesting coaching talent, some really interesting personalities. Even just as a personality, Tommy Lloyd is extremely likable. Like, yeah, he's he not Sean Miller at all. Like, even when he's use- angry, it's like, okay, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we've seen his skin turn like a shade of pink. <laughs> no. like it hasn't even. It hasn't gotten to the straight red. I've never. We've never seen him sweat. Yeah, like it's truly remarkable stuff out of him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be nuts. Um, yeah. It's this is this rivalry is gonna this UCLA Arizona rivalry is gonna be very fun to track over the next years. UCLA is getting some pieces that are more athletic, longer taller maybe more talented than any of the guys that are currently on roster so we'll see how that goes but like right now it's (laughs) arizona uh fired a fired a warning shot to the rest of the country and and the pac-12 specifically so uh okay let's move on to talk about the bracket um speaking of arizona and where they're going again as a recap arizona the one seed in the south they're going to play the winner of wright state and bryant USC, a seventh seed in the Midwest. They are going to play against Miami, the tenth seed. And then UCLA, a fourth seed in the East. They are going to play Akron, um, the 13th seed. Just a little bit more context, okay? Uh, UCLA, uh, sorry, let's start with Arizona, the one seed. They are the one seed there, so they're the top dog. The two seed in that region is Villanova. The three seed is Tennessee, who they played earlier this season, lost. Uh, The fourth seed is Illinois also a team that they played um and then the fifth seed is houston uh people are kind of talking about this as a tough bracket for arizona but let's uh let's start with avery here anything that you what what sticks out to you about the bracket that they're in um and some of the matchups that they might have coming to them well they already played illinois tennessee and michigan who are all in this bracket so that's kind of boring that we're gonna see some rematches probably most likely. Um, and a lot of people are talking about how Tennessee shouldn't be a third seed. They should be a second seed. And that sucks that they ended up in Arizona's side of the bracket just because Arizona did struggle against them early on in the season. I don't know. A lot could change if they saw each other again, which I think they will. But that's, I don't know. It's a little bit more of a rough path than the other one seeds, I would say. And people kind of talk about Houston as a, like uh, a, a three, maybe even a two seed. Um, Houston is number four in Ken Palm, so they're they're the fourth best team in the country per Ken Palm. They're fifth seed, fifth seed here. Um, if you're tracking Arizona's uh, path to the Sweet Sixteen, it will be obviously the winner of Wright State Bryant. By the way, I was like, where, the, where the fuck are Wright State and Bryant? Um, Within seconds, I love college basketball. Within seconds, I had a Wright State fan, a diehard <laughs> Wright State fan, talking shit to me. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you serious? Uh, like, did he tell you uh, where Wright State is? He did tell me where Wright State was. <laughs> uh, here's his tweet, um, at Rohan underscore Craig. And nobody be that mean to him. It was very funny, honestly. 
Um, he said, you realize that Dayton, Ohio, has more to do with the life you live in 2020 than most big cities. The Wright brothers invented flight. Kettering invented vehicle starters that led to widespread adoption of cars. Patterson helped win World War II by breaking the Enigma code used by Nazis. <laughs> and I just could not get over so he's <laughs> he's a fan of the second best team in Dayton, Ohio. So Wright states in, Wright states in Dayton. Yeah. So he's a fan of like the second best program in Dayton, Ohio. I mean, I guess Dayton. <laughs> I guess Dayton isn't in actual Dayton. Dayton isn't in the tournament this year. They're like the first four out. Yeah, that's right. But they're still a better program than fucking Wright State. Yeah. I um I, I quote tweeted that with there's a Wright State fan talking shit to me. How'd right they now. find you? What? I don't that know. Was quick. I, they were following me. Also, you're uh, a UCLA fan. <laughs> like I don't know. I get it's I a pack no twelve, idea. but <laughs> none. And then he replied to me saying, Just think you should know your place. I keep I could keep going. Bicycles Batman, Little Boy, Nuclear Bombs, Cash Registers, Barcodes, Malls, and so many other things were invented in Dayton. Meanwhile, UCLA has test-blind admissions and your players spit in fans. Wait, did you... So I've heard that... I've heard the reason, like the single things that have killed the most people in like human history. Um, <laughs> yes. The things that are absolutely destroying our planet. What else? Have, yeah, this is Cash no, totally. and barcodes, things that are uh, ways to track. Wait, so you problem. said you said the, where is where the fucker right state? And this guy immediately responds with, "It's in Dayton." <laughs> no, no. he said you realize that dayton ohio in all caps <laughs> yeah i said my original tweet was not kidding here where the fuck are rate state or brian <laughs> man uh i love i absolutely love college basketball on no other planet this is I my tweet randomly this is my this favorite school. part about march madness is all the random <laughs> basketball fans that somehow like start shitting on the pac-12 it's like you're oh, from yes. Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> like, please. <Buddy>. <laughs> this is your life. Um, okay, I was talking about the. <laughs> uh, we may Arizona may not even play them. Is the funny thing? Oh, they that's go true. They Bryant, have to play Bryant first. Which again, don't know where Bryant is, but there was no Bryant fans that I mentioned, <laughs> so they're not going to get talked about. If you're a Bryant uh, fan, <laughs> please tweet at us. If your name is Bryant, <laughs> someone. So there is a guy named Bryant on Twitter. He's he's a Utah fan. Uh, he was like, I was like, where the fuck are Wright State or Bryant? And he tweeted at me, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. Now I'm hoping Bryant wins. Because <laughs> then you can be like, <laughs> that would be so desperate for that. Funny. Bryant's everywhere rejoice. Oh, man. Very funny. Anyways, stuff. yeah, this seating is bullshit. Yeah, so Arizona would have to go through one of those two teams. Then they play the winner of uh, Seton Hall and TCU. I don't know. Utah almost this. beat TCU. I think. That's right. I can't. That's right. I think Earlier it was kind of close. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a tight game. TCU pulled away, but yeah, they were competitive. They would have to go through one of those teams in the round of 32. I think that's doable. I don't know much about Seton Hall. Um, I think Seton Hall is... Well, it's Seton Hall, first of all. I, so that's I've, heard I've heard both. Um, no. I've heard both. You have not. I have definitely heard both. I used to say Seton Hall. Grape said Seton Hall, and then I was like, I think it's Seton Hall, and then I would hear like Seth Davis things or something correctly. call it Seton Hall. I'm not good at 30... pronunciation. Seton Hall, anyway, Seton Hall is 35th in Kempom. Um, so if they make it, that's where they would be. TCU is 38th in Kempom. So, like, good teams, but, like, maybe nothing to write home about for Arizona. They, you know, I would put them, if you were to, like, figure out where they would fit, they're worse than USC, um, if you're figuring out what these teams are relative to their Ken Palm rating. So, a little worse than USC. And then the Sweet 16, it's going to be probably one of Houston or Illinois. Um, I don't know. The people on Selection Sunday were saying that Chattanooga is on upset watch with Illinois. I don't know okay. anything about Chattanooga, but. Don't know. Chattanooga's decent. Uh, they are 72nd in Kempom. What's so, Illinois? I, Illinois, I think they're probably... I mean, the Big Ten, I think, is deeply... They got nine teams in the in the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. It, it strikes me as deeply overrated, considering what some of the conference has done to the Big Ten. Um, yeah, you, Illinois is 17th in Kempom. Yeah, Arizona so, beat Illinois by four in December. Right. It was a tough game. Kofi Coburn, again, that dude is like huge a monster my god i like remember watching him and being like oh my god this guy is like a giant making he made arizona he made christian coloco look small that's hard to do um so anyway uh illinois houston one of those two i don't know 
I, I assume that Chattanooga won't get past both Illinois and Houston, but I, I who knows? I'm going to pick Chattanooga just for fun. <laughs> Let's go. If they get Chattanooga, Arizona's probably looking pretty pretty out there. But that's their sweet 16 path. Seton Hall TCU winner, and then winner maybe Houston, Illinois. I don't know, maybe Chattanooga. So could be a potentially tough path after that. They've, you know, the bracket there on the other side to get from, to get out of the Elite Eight into their first Final Four in 20 years may go through one of Villanova, Tennessee, uh, one of those one of those teams. And Villanova, UCLA played them earlier. That's still a very good team. Tennessee, you, Arizona lost to them, got pushed around. I think this Arizona team is different than that, uh, what they were against Tennessee earlier in the season. They're more physical. I think they play bigger. And neutral site. And it's a neutral site. Yeah, this game was that game was in Knoxville, right? So that's Arizona's path. Are you all? Whatever truck stop Tennessee plays at. <laughs> exactly. Uh, how are you all liking Arizona's chances of getting into its first Final Four in two decades? Uh, a lot of crazy shit can happen, and that's kind of where you like to have a player like Kirk Risa. But also, Arizona is not the type of team that needs a player like Kirk Risa to win games because they're expected to win the games. So honestly, it I I think their chances look really good. Tennessee's a scary rematch. Um, other than that, I don't really see anyone being a good matchup for Arizona unless they get some crazy shooting going on. Which Villanova can do. Villanova's the best too. That's honestly, that's my biggest concern about this side of the bracket. I, The five seeds across the board are really jacked up. Um, they're all really high net rank teams that just have shit Q1 records. Um, like Houston's 0-4 in their quad one games. So I, you know, I don't know. There, there's just some weird seating in the Honestly. three through six. It's just across the board. But Villanova is better than Duke, Kentucky. And but Auburn. luckily, Villanova and, and Tennessee will meet. So Arizona yeah, only, you get one only of has them to play out. one of them in the elite. For sure. No, I just I, and Villanova, they can shoot. Yeah, they can. <laughs> having seen Villanova exactly one time and just the size and all this other stuff. I will say Villanova probably scares me the least of Tennessee, Illinois, you know. But that was really early. Houston. That was really, really, really on. It was super early, but, like, Villanova has not grown six inches since then, I'm going to assume. Like, Christian Coloco, Julius Tabellis, and Omar Ballo, like, play big, way bigger than they did earlier on in the season. And I just don't think, again, watching Villanova once, maybe they did get a guy who kind of emerged who's a big guy that could really mitigate some of that stuff. They better hit fifty uh, percent from three against Arizona because that's like that size. Let me tell you, three point shooting is always hard to predict and a little unsustainable. What's not is size and athleticism, and Arizona has that in spades. Um, so that will be interesting. We'll see in this bracket if if Arizona does come out of it. I don't know if you all were watching the selection committee show kind of after they had revealed the bracket, but like Arizona is being picked by the vast majority of those analysts to win the national championship. Like, and I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they, they really do look incredible. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm sure we'll do a recap anyway. Uh, do we know where their first game is? Are they playing in San Diego? I always forget uh, the regions. I wish they put the regions on these. They don't make sense <laughs> to me. All I know yeah, I is really that understand. UCLA is in Portland, right? UCLA is important. That was a big thing that was kind of getting talked about. They will be playing their first game. God, it's always so hard to figure this out. Okay, here we go. They will be playing in San Diego nice. on Friday. So they'll they'll be in San Diego. That's a short trip for them in Tucson. So their first two games will be in San Diego. So it could be a home game for Bryant for all we know. Should I look up where Bryant is? <laughs> yeah, where is, is it? Bryant? Bryant University? University That's what I'm wondering. of Bryant? Is it- <laughs> like, <what? laughs> Okay. Brian with a university. Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> Rhode Island, yes. Uh, <laughs> Who would have fucking thought? There are 3,700. Wait, wait, did all of the Bryants in Rhode Island get together and start a school? Is that what this is? <laughs> when you go to their university page, it's just a picture of a, a medium-sized pond. That's funny. I'm not, I'm not worried about... It's not a large pond. I love this description. 3,751 total students. I, I went to a high school that was bigger than that. That's crazy. How many? 3,750. I thought you said 7,000. I was like, how did they get in? Did they win their conference? I don't know. Well, they're a, <laughs> they're they're a playing casuals. team. So, I guess uh, yeah. most people wouldn't know that. 
We should have had our boy oh, uh, is Liam this their first? I think, I don't know. I've watched the selection show and I'm trying try to retain as much as I could from that. But is this their first NCAA appearance, tournament appearance? Probably. That's a good question. I'm going to look up on their basketball reference. Hold race. on a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a hell of a segue here. Do they have a home field apparel brand? <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, hey, oh, let's go! Do wow. Did you look it up? I don't know. I'm looking. <laughs> Does that count for ad read? <laughs> no, segue into it. God, is this your first no, podcast? I'm not is this your segue first ad into read? It. We're still talking about the tournament. Uh, <laughs> we're not moving off, Brian. Right? State does though. No, it's not. They wow. went to they went to the final four in 2005. They have a history. They've wow, been to more okay. final fours than Arizona State. They've been to more. I'm tweeting that fi- from the no truck. They've been account. to a, a final four. Yeah, you should also tweet Bryant. Arizona better watch out because Bryant has been to a final four more recently than Arizona has. Uh, because they have, which is crazy. They were a runner up in 2005. Crazy shit. Um, wow. Imagine they had won that. I wonder what that would have done for them. Who who did they lose to? This is we're going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. We're doing a Wikipedia deep dive right now. Okay, yeah, so that's Arizona's path. That is Arizona's One path. School. We'll talk about UCLA's path in a moment, and then we'll go on to USC's path for a moment. But now, Matthew Hubertson, we can do our segue. We've never done an ad read on this podcast. That's a lie. This is the third ad read we've done on this podcast for the same group, but we've never done one before then, uh, partially because uh, I think. Ad reads are cringe, as I've said multiple times now. But we, again, had to make an exception for home field. If you've never heard of home field, then you're not on college football or basketball Twitter. Every time they drop a new school um, and put some apparel out for there, Twitter goes nuts. For the past eight weeks, they've dropped new apparel from a new partner school every Saturday, and they just dropped UCLA. Uh, UCLA stuff looks awesome. If you've never seen home field stuff before, it's all drop dead gorgeous. It's like vintage style stuff. They've partnered with schools to dig through their archives and history and find weird, unique logos and mascots and, uh, no exception here for UCLA. They've got 13 really cool pieces of apparel coming out and every single one is gorgeous. Uh, they've got some logos I've never seen before, um, but they've also got some of some classics for UCLA fans. They've got the old vintage 80s Joe Bruin, the one where he's leaning on the L in the UCLA. Uh, what do you all think about that uh, L, that uh, Joe Bruin leaning on the L on the UCLA? Do you like that? Or is it corny? Yeah, it just fits the brand. <laughs> um, I, it really just, the only thing that I care about that Homefield really nailed is they nailed the blue. Yeah. Like, this drop doesn't work if you don't nail the blue, and they killed it. It's perfect. I got my shirt in the mail, and that blue is very good. Um, it's not that, like, quintessential UCLA blue, but it's just a slightly heathered. It's still a nice blue. Um, I got the center court logo one. It's beautiful. It's the it's my favorite UCLA shirt, I think. I wore it as soon as I got it because uh, I'm a child. Is it soft? I hear their it's stuff soft. is really soft. It's, well, it's it's soft and also feels like it has some, uh, you know, like some durability to it. Well, like, you know, good. sometimes you get those soft, heathery shirts and they're a little light. Um, yeah. This is, feels like it's got some heft, so it's nice. Uh, I'm, I'm currently wearing the Utah one oh. that I got. And, like, it is – I don't like it when the internet tells me something that's been true and correct. <laughs> It is, it is actually the softest, most comfortable shirt I've ever worn in my entire life. That's, it's amazing. That's what people have said even before we decided to do this ad read and sell out. Uh, anyway, so all those pieces, uh, along with tw- 11, 12 other ones, they have 13 total pieces. They dropped on Saturday. If you're a first-time customer of Homefield or if you just want to create a new account, uh, our listeners can get 15% off their first purchase at Homefield by using promo code NOTRUCKSTOPS at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Again, that's no truck stops, all one word at checkout for 15% off. They've also got swag for USC fans, Utah, Colorado, Washington, Cal. Uh, again, literally everyone vouches for this stuff. It looks cool as hell. Um, if you don't believe me, just peruse Homefield's collection by going to homefieldapparel.com. And if you love them, you're going to check something out. Use promo code no truck stops at checkout for 15% off. Okay, let's talk about uh, USC. USC is a 7th seed. They're going to play Miami. They're a 10th seed. We already said that. Uh, the number one seed in USC's bracket on the other side, really, of this within this bracket is Kansas. Um, but USC has to go through, if they beat Miami in that first round, they'll have to go through Auburn, the number two seed in that bracket, 
who's playing Jacksonville State. They will certainly have to go through. And Auburn's good. And Auburn is apparently good. I have seen nothing. I have watched zero minutes. Me neither. Zero but, minutes of Auburn. But my boyfriend told me Auburn was really good on his way out the door today. So I'm like, cool. They're 10th in Kempom. The 20th. He convinced you Washington was going That's to the playoff. That's true. If I'm not here. That's that. true. <laughs> uh, yeah. As some, some, <laughs> some brainwashing going on there. Um, <laughs> Auburn is number 10 in Kempom. Number 24 in offensive efficiency and number eight in defensive efficiency. So, um, a very elite defensive team, apparently, uh, they, that will be a tough one. People were kind of, they were in the running for the one seed for a minute. I think, um, the sec seemed like it was like good, not pac 12 good, but like, seemed like it was good for a minute there. They had a, they had a tough go in their sec tournament. So if uh, USC manages somehow to get through Auburn to get into the sweet 16, they'll have to play probably the winner of Wisconsin and LSU. LSU's got to go through Iowa State. Wisconsin's got to go through Colgate. Um, but one of those two, Wisconsin or LSU, um, will probably meet them in the Sweet 16. Um, if they manage to get through all of that, then they probably get one of, you know, probably get Kansas, uh, for being honest. Kansas is the number one seed, and their bracket looks a little easy just based on, I don't know, Ken Palm and things like that. So how do you feel about USC's chances of getting into the Sweet 16? How far do you think they go? Not good. Avery, you said not good. I, I don't even... Oh, gosh, I got to back the pack, but drawing Miami is kind of a tough look from what I've Colorado heard. Colorado would beat Miami. I mean, Colorado don't would know beat anything everyone about Colorado. On this, on this, uh, in, this, uh, in this slate except USC, and they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miami is 62 in Kempom, so about Washington State's level, like that quality of team. Here's Miami's. Uh, here's an interesting thing about Miami. Their Ken Palm adjusted efficiency, number seventeenth in the country. Their defensive efficiency, one fifty seventh. So, not a great defensive team um, that USC has to get through. The problem is USC not a good offensive team. For being nope. honest, <laughs> not good at all. Uh, so, like, how good is Drew Peterson? Yeah, be? we'll yeah. see. Can Drew Peterson <laughs> beat Miami? Um, even if they get through Miami. Going against Auburn, who I think was supposed to win the SEC tournament, that's scary. Yeah. I don't feel good about yeah. that. U- USC just feels like they've been sleepwalking. Well, and then after right? that, you're looking at Wisconsin. Like it's Yeah. It's tough. USC honestly should have lost to Washington in the conference tournament. Maybe I just really like Terrell Brown Jr., but they almost lost to Washington. They got beat by UCLA. They feel like the last month of the season, they've kind of just really not given a shit. <laughs> so I think they're in a dangerous position. Don't feel really good about them getting to the Sweet 16. Yeah, uh, I will say if they get through Auburn, I think their path to an Elite Eight looks pretty good. Like I don't, uh, Wisconsin, people are talking down on Wisconsin. People are not up on them at all. People are also, also LSU, didn't they just fire their head coach? Um, yeah, I don't feel good about LSU. so hey if they get past auburn that's their one test if they get past him that's that's an elite eight date i think maybe who knows you know it's all projection at this point sometimes having a new coach can really set you up to to do some crazy stuff but um so you all are thinking probably bounce out round of 32 here everything yeah yeah but i'll i'll have them go to the elite eight on my bracket because back yeah, the pack i'm gonna go all the way to the final four i don't give a fuck in brackets i always screw up i'm <laughs> never good at them so yeah kansas is trash <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> i was worried i was worried that ucla might end up in kansas's bracket because remy martin who played for arizona state for a while he's on kansas and, and he, he owns ucla he really does own ucla <laughs> it's the most embarrassing thing i've ever seen it's insane but they they uh they dodged them uh let's move on to ucla UCLA, like we said, fourth seed. They're playing number 13, Akron. Um, they get Baylor's bracket, the defending champs. Baylor is the one seed there. So if to get so UCLA's path to the Sweet 16 is going to involve beating Akron, um, who is the 13 seed, like I just said. And it but also Akron has one of the coolest mascots in the country. Zippy, do they? The female kangaroo. Zips. One of the one of the one of yeah, well, Zippy's their mascot. It's a kangaroo. She's a kangaroo. She's a female mascot, which I think cute. is pretty cool. Very cute. Not a lot of those. Um, they will have to go if they beat Akron. I'm assuming that they will. Yeah. Their round of 32 matchup will be St. Mary's, um, who people are very high on. I think Seth Davis is out there saying, "Now, Seth Davis, look, I'm not a national media like this guy hates my team kind of guy." 
But Seth David does have a bit of a... He's always got some shit to say about UCLA. Um, I honestly think the way that people talk about the West Coast Conference is they try to lift up another team in their conference so that they can say that Gonzaga is not the only good team in their conference and we're consistently let down by the other team in the conference. Like last season, it was BYU. What did BYU accomplish? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. So, yeah. So St. Mary's is number 16 in Kempom. So that's still pretty respectable. People were talking up St. Mary's. I did think, I think St. Mary's actually did beat Gonzaga this year once, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. David Woods was doom and glooming out there. I was like, buddy, what what the fuck are you talking about? Um, he doesn't watch, he doesn't watch basketball. <laughs> uh, yeah, Does I he? think he was, he was watching, uh, he was watching like. So mad they haven't recorded yet. I know, I know. We bombed <laughs> their inboxes with basketball questions. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that I'm pretty sure the first time he was watching Pac-12 basketball was in the conference tournament when he was actually in Las Vegas, I'm pretty sure. No, he watched UCLA oh, games all, all season. Uh, yeah, they, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's that. Just UCLA yeah, yeah. games. Um, but-, <laughs> but no, St. Mary's, I don't know. Maybe they seem fine. I'm like, they, they probably are at the level of BYU where they were last year. I bet if we went back and looked, like, pretty comparable in Ken Palm. Oh, so they'll lose their first game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, against and St. Mary's has to play like uh one of the like a play in for the twelve seed, so maybe that's true. Um and so if they get past St. Mary's into the season. Yeah, they're 16, a fifth seed. Can we talk about the fifth twelve thing? Yeah, there you go. They're not right? gonna win. Yeah, it's uh, we'll see. We'll see. But <laughs> vibes, you're already vibrating, not knowing who the other team is. I don't even know who's in that play in. Wyoming and I don't know, the bracket's not expanding. Wyoming someone else. Something called an Ind. Indiana? In- Indiana. Oh, okay. No shit. Yeah. Hey, a- I mean, those are, I mean, Indiana's a big brand. I don't know. Yeah, but good, it's maybe? the ninth Big Ten team in. Yeah, I don't know. Does that we'll even see. count at that point? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so if they get past the round of 32, beat St. Mary's, then they will probably get Baylor. Although maybe North Carolina beats Baylor. Marquette might be Baylor. If they play Marquette, that's a rematch for UCLA. But likely playing Baylor? Um, in the Sweet 16, so that will be they've got to go through what everyone is saying is a good West Coast. Co- Oregon almost team. beat Baylor. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like yeah, respe- I, all due respect to everybody involved, and we love UCLA. Purdue is coming out of that bracket. Yeah, Purdue know. is Kentucky's on the. He's not bad. Per, per, so Kentucky is the two seed. Purdue is the three seed in this bracket. I'm supposed to hate Kentucky as a Utah fan. Kentucky right. sucks. Purdue is totally <laughs> coming out. <laughs> I remember when I was two years old. I would say, I would say, I don't know, unless unless Baylor or you know Kentucky or Purdue have big guys. I'm pretty sure that's UCLA's Achilles heel now. That will be very hard to overcome. Uh, unless that's true for them, then I don't. I'm not sure. I mean, again, don't know much of the, about these teams. Baylor is fifth in Ken Palm. Um, Kentucky is third in Ken Palm, which is like one seed level, so that might be tough. But they don't have to play them until the Elite Eight. Is um, Cody Riley going to be a god again? Yeah, we'll see. Hey, That's I thought he played need. all right against, in his limited minutes, I thought he played okay against Arizona. Yeah. I thought he was, you know, I thought he was fine. Um, so what, uh, what what do you all think about UCLA and their chances of first getting into the Sweet 16, getting into the Elite Eight, making it to the Final Four? I think UCLA has the most potential for my ability to shit talk. Like, <laughs> I, I'm looking at this bracket here. I don't think I'll interact with any Akron fans. I will look for them. <laughs> I don't think I'll find any. But I think that BYU fans are going to become St. Mary's fans. So that will be fun. That's funny. Oh, That's my funny. gosh. They totally are. And then, That's funny. And then there'll be Baylor fans, And then too, there'll be Baylor the fans because yeah. they're going to the truck stop conference. Um, I was going to say the rapey thing. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But I think then everyone's going to just expect Baylor to beat UCLA. And yeah. UCLA, of course, is going to the Final Four because Bill Walton said they were. And so getting to shit on analysts that put UCLA as an obvious loss there, it's going to be great. So I feel good about that. I'm excited to just destroy people on Twitter. Going to bookmark a lot of that's, tweets that's this week. That's very funny. <laughs> good angle I, I, on that. <laughs> I think they do have like the most... There's the most narratives yeah. in this side of the bracket, I would say. Oh, yeah. Lots of narratives. Yeah. This bracket is genuinely fun. Like, Texas Vautech has upset potential. Purdue is a three-seed. Purdue's really good. Well, people that are San down Francisco on Purdue. team is going to get could get somebody. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Do you do you like their chances of getting to the Sweet 16, let's say, or the Elite Eight more than USC? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. USC. I might like it more than Arizona. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I, I don't know it. if I agree with that, but okay. This is coming from the artist that brought you Arizona State was going to be beating Arizona. Okay. No, it's fine. I, <laughs> I was the only one that said Arizona State would not be Arizona. Well, I'll I, say, think, I'm, yeah, I, I think, will put that out there. I think you're right you're that right. we got, so we got in the Pac-12 tournament got like the favorites ran through, the top seeds ran through the um, their conference tournament and the number one overall seed ended up winning. Uh, Arizona really is vibes proof. Like they're not going to, they're they're not like going to be like, oh shit. We had, I mean, I guess they lost to Colorado, but they're not going to have like a dumb loss. I don't think that they're going to get upset by a team that they shouldn't because they no. haven't all season. Um, that's not, I don't think that's in their identity. I definitely think they're going to beat like a, a Seton Hall slash TCU. I don't think they're going to get like upset by any of these weird, like if you have UAB makes it into the sweet 16, like, I don't think they would get upset by a UAB. Like if they're going to lose, it's going to be getting to upset until team. the elite eight. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be to a good, they're gonna, if they lose, it'll be to a good team. It'll, it'll be, be to Tennessee a team that people would say, Hey, these people are good. Yeah. Um, Anything else about the NCAA tournament? You all get a little... I'm not doing a bracket. I hate doing brackets. Yeah, you are. Oh, I was going to ask if one. you wanted to do all a right. no truck stop bracket. All right, fine. I'll do it. I'm just putting... Um, with the fans. With our family. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Maybe we'll get that going. Um, are you all going to... It's, specifically, you, Grapes, you're not far from Portland. You're going to no. drive down? No. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, i rather just sit at home on tv i do did realize that a lot of my family is gonna be like two hours south of me on friday and i planned on going to visit them and i'm like fuck i'm gonna have to get out of that Why now did you do that i didn't think about it i yeah so blame stupid. gas prices two hours of driving yeah, that's too much that's so expensive yeah we'll see well but i'm very seattle, excited seattle to portland's only a two and a half hour drive if you do want to get to portland and watch them you i think you'll you yeah, see it i have to there. buy tickets it's true you're not wrong like how much are tickets? Maybe UCLA Akron. Yeah. But then I would think that Akron would win. <laughs> if I win, I'd blame myself. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Well, that's it, right? Uh, anything else that you want to say about this tournament? No truck stops here. Well, there's no, a lot of truck well, stops here. There's in a lot of truck stops here. So many, many, truck many stops. truck stops. Colorado, let's talk about them real quick. I, I kind of, I mean, I know that no one was talking about them. They weren't on anyone's radar. I think they got hosed. Like their their Ken Palm ratings are better than Rutgers, better than Notre Dame, who are playing in a playing game. It's I'm pretty sure. Did I is Miami? It's like right up there with Miami. Their Ken Palm rating and Miami got in. Um, okay, so here there are one, two, three, four, but five. But they had a worse record, right? Which is like a very big part of what. So there the are looks at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 17, 18, 19, 20. Um, 20 teams in the tournament who all have lower Ken Palm ratings than Colorado who got in. Obviously, many of those are like conference tournament chap- champs. So those are like auto bids. But like Rutgers is an at large here. Um, uh, Richmond, I think, is an. At- no, Richmond won their conference tournament. New Mexico State, I think they might be at large, actually. Um, so I don't. I don't know. It feels kind of silly. Like I, I. That's because at some spots they like swore by the net, and then at other spots they're like, "Yeah, your net is good, but your quad Q1 one wins." Yeah, stuff is terrible, and it's just like, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, what was Colorado's Q one? Two and six or something. Yeah, they only won one, I think, in Rutgers. Arizona should have let them win. Let's talk about I don't that. Know. Uh, yeah, it's just for their own interest. Uh, maybe. Um, it's dumb. Too much of the math depends on um, your preseason stuff and at a conference, and then you can't really move out of it, and that's where like your Colorados and your Oregon's just got stuck. Yeah, which is really dumb. Yeah, it's a bummer. Bummer we won't get Might Colorado be a- wouldn't have done anything though. Like I feel fairly confident that they would have done exactly what we expected them to do and lose to the higher seed. Right. I mean, uh, who? But at least they would have gotten in. I mean, they let's say they might have gotten in over Rutgers. Where's Rutgers playing? Is Rutgers in a playing game? They're playing a playing game with lack of Notre Dame. Your lack of propaganda is disturbing. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the winner, Colorado I mean, would have gone to the Elite Eight for sure. 
I don't see how not. Like, <laughs> they would have played there's Alabama. Four, four Pac-12 teams. There's four Final Four spots. That's true. They <laughs> What's did, the problem? They did do really well in their non-conference. <laughs> they yeah. They were. I mean, they were fine. I think they barely got through, but they did win. <laughs> I remember that. They were discourse. all close games, but they won they them. Won. They won them. Yeah. Well, anyway, okay. Let's let's end it here. We don't need to talk about rooting for every Big Ten team to lose. Oh, oh yeah. I am so sick of the Big Ten ball washing that's going on here in this country. Uh, <laughs> are we gonna say something great? <laughs> this country. Okay. All right. Let's end it here then. Uh, so this episode is dropping on Monday. We'll probably have another one. Um, getting closer. I'm not sure. Recapping the regular season. Maybe we'll have another one. We've got to figure that out. But uh, until then, we're just going to be dropping episodes pretty much. Uh, maybe on Mondays we might go from here, and, and, and unless uh, there are games on Monday that we've got to watch, we've got to figure out what the schedule is. I don't think we have that very super clear at this point. Anyway, but we'll keep you all up to date. That's it uh, for at Matt Nyber, Matt at Matt Nyber, Avery at Brave underscore Grapes. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin. Thank you for listening, and remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even ad reads. Love you, Homefield. Rumors still and thick with smoke. So thick it makes you choke. The crowd falls in. The coffee's kicking in my patience to wear it in. Said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street.